0: This is Art Blog Radio. Hi, I'm Libby. And I'm Roberta. This morning we're talking to John Caperton. Uh, John is the curator at the Print Center, and he's been here since 2008. Uh, When he first came to Philadelphia, he made his mark with shows that we characterized at the time as cheerfully and unapologetically gross. The show that we were referring to was at a gallery That was called The Project Room. He uh, was also the exhibitions coordinator at the Lox Gallery, where he brought in uh, shows for local women artists Joy Feasley and Jane Irish.
1: So, John, you're at the Print Center now after doing independent curating. The Print Center has all this history. It was established in 1915. Does that affect The feel of your curating in a space that has that history attached to it it's almost like being in a museum
2: this space has actually been used in a lot of different ways and i mean i think our philographica exhibition sort of explored that i mean we at one time we actually had a permanent collection there have been printing presses here there were intensive programs here in the past including teas after the orchestra matinee and that sort of thing Um, also we founded prints in progress do you know what that is yeah.
0: Well, why don't you say what it is?
2: Prints in Progress was founded, I think, in the 60s. This is so, I'm so bad. I should, I should know this better. What this program did was do printmaking as after school programs in schools you know, throughout the city and throughout the region. I mean, also all the way down to Delaware, you know, out in the suburbs, and that sort of thing. And we're talking like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of workshops were led by artists to teach um, students. Uh, printmaking processes and this was at a time when printmaking was still taught in a lot of high schools as a um, vocational training because commercial lithography was still a common practice at that time program was hugely successful and spun off from the print center and became its own organization everybody who was around then like talks about how hugely successful it was
0: So you mentioned Philographica, and I'm I'm wondering um, what was your experience with Philographica? What did you?
2: I think the Print Center had the most to gain from it because the goals of that were goals that we've been working on. Could you you
0: say what Philographica is?
2: Okay, so Philographica was a citywide festival celebrating print in contemporary art. Essentially, it was a printmaking festival, but really trying to push the boundaries of what people think of as traditional printmaking.
0: In what sense did you have the most to gain? What did that mean?
2: We've always aspired to work with international artists, but that's actually really difficult and really expensive. Um, we d- were able to do some major projects with international artists through Philographica. Um, we had huge attendance. Um, we had tremendous press. I mean, And that- what did you show? We had... Um, 14 artists and collectives showing here, which by far was the largest number at any of the sites. Um, for instance, the Philadelphia Museum of Arts space, which is probably in square footage about the same size as our entire space, they had two artists and we had 14. Um, you know, At PAFA, or the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts, we were joking that you could probably play badminton between each artwork, whereas here, the works were sort of like literally jammed in together, which made for a very, very different experience. There were uh, two massive works, one of them by an artist uh, who's Mexican, who lives in Spain, named Eric Beltran, which took up essentially an entire room, but we still had other work hanging around his, which was very interesting to sort of negotiate, and he was thrilled with. Um, and then the other really large work was um, a, a tent-like structure that was built by Space 10, 1026, which is a Philadelphia collective in Chinatown, um, and they built what essentially served as a lounge reading room meeting space for the entire festival, but it looked like a tent with um, screen-printed fabric covering it with custom furniture inside that was also upholstered in custom screen-printed fabric.
0: So how many people came through?
2: For us, it was um, around 3,500 and to give um, a sense, our best-attended exhibition before that was probably around 2000.
0: So that's a big increase.
2: It was a great, it was a great increase. And, you know, you, you, the types of people that were coming through, all kinds of people that we've never seen here before, it was a great, great success for us.
0: So do you think that having all of that stuff here for Philographica brought in a new... Well, you did say they brought in a new audience. Who did it bring in that was new?
2: People talk about how there's a lot of interest among young artists in printmaking. And then you saw what happened with Philographica, and it was staggering. I mean, just the excitement. Like, young artists were, like, absolutely thrilled to be here. I mean, and you heard a lot of people talking about wanting to move here to Philadelphia and that sort of thing. So I think it's going to have impact.
0: Can you give some examples of that?
2: Of of artists?
0: No, of ways that people use printmaking that might be surprising.
2: I think there's a lot of interest in a very traditional approach to printmaking. There's a lot of interest in things that are handmade, that are crafted, that could um, play out in different ways. Everything from crafty sites like Etsy, where everything on it is handmade, to people looking at old processes and old ways of making work and sort of revitalizing them
0: can you give me some specific examples
2: well I mean we have a show up right now about letterpress and there's a huge interest among young artists in learning letterpress um, um, refurbishing letterpress presses and setting up studios for it and that sort of thing this intense interest in something that is, is sort of archaic during um Southern Graphics—they had these like massive portfolio review events where just like hundreds of artists, and it was just like a frat party. I mean, it was just like a riot had broken out or something because there were so many people, and they're all young artists wanting to show their work. And so much of the work was um, relief printing. Woodcut is back in some massive way, and I'm talking about like artists from all around the country. Young artists are just like rapidly making woodcuts. Who knew?
1: It's a very DIY, a do it yourself yeah, kind of exactly. printmaking. You don't right. require a press. Right. And you just need a knife to right. cut, a cheap right. piece of wood, right. and um, a brayer or whatever they right. call it, and a piece of paper. Yeah. What do you think of the do it yourself community in Philadelphia in general? There's a lot of do it yourselfing of curating, for example. Oh,
2: right. It really pushes an organization like this to think about how to bring that in here and in a way that doesn't devalue it or, like, rob it of its sort of vitality, I mean, that's really tricky. I mean, to, you know, I don't think we're an establishment like the Philadelphia Museum of Art, where it would be even harder, I think, for them to navigate that sort of relationship. But those sorts of communities interact a lot with printmaking.
0: Did you ever curate in those kinds of circumstances in a totally non institutional setting
2: um project room which was a gallery was not a nonprofit. it was essentially a gallery that was connected with an artist who was a an artist who did artist fabrication named Kate Midget, and um she basically set up part of her studio space as a gallery and we did a couple projects there that were not even at the galleries, but we did one at the um Taconi Palmyra Flea Market. <laughs> Once you get to that point, I guess you're kind of like pretty far from the institutional um, setting.
1: <laughs> how, how broadly can you stretch the definition of print? Um, I mean, I've heard of video considered a print. Right.
2: I mean, there were videos in Philographica. Um, I mean, uh, Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts showed an amazing video by a, a collective called Tremorama. Um, But obviously dealt with print. I mean, it was essentially an animation made from woodcuts. We did a show here of Bill Walton's work uh, not long ago, um, and there wasn't a print in the show, but all of the works in the show um, dealt with concepts concepts that come up in making prints. Um, so he would make a sculpture. He's, he was an artist who actually died recently. He made this beautiful minimalist drawing which looked like sort of a horizon line on a small piece of paper and his friend Jane Irish was going to Vietnam for a project she was working on and she took that drawing with her and um, had someone who makes reproductions of paintings in Vietnam make a perfect reproduction of this drawing and then brought it back um, and they were hung next to each other, and so one of them obviously is a forgery of the other um and they were they're not marked so you don't know which is which and so obviously they're they're both unique works, but um obviously deals a lot with print and so I think I mean that would be an example of um, a show that didn't have prints in it, but still is very focused on print um so I think there is a limit to um, how far we could push it here. Certainly, all art doesn't deal with print. I mean, that would be a stretch. <laughs> We've
1: been talking with John Caperton at the Print Center. Thank you so much, John. Thanks it's been for wonderful.
2: coming. Great to see you guys.
1: Artblog Radio is brought to you by theartblog.org. Thanks to our sponsors, including the
0: Knight Foundation and Fleischer Art Memorial. Also, we want to thank Peter Crimmins, who makes us sound good. He's our editor. And Eric Biondo, who provided the music. You can download these podcasts at theartblog.org slash radio.